evening and welcome to episode 280 of the JazzNet podcast. 280, that sounds like an awful lot of episodes, doesn't it? Well, we've got a lot to talk about and tonight will be no different. Uh, JazzNet, of course, is the independent Rangers podcast made made by fans for fans. Um, that's good when you're stumbling over your second line um, and where the content is always free. Now, of course, um, as we see every week, it's not just a podcast. There is the website with the forum, uh, articles, social media, the Great History Archive on there. Um, and before I get to introduce the rest of the guests tonight, some of whom are familiar, some of whom you perhaps don't know quite as well, um, could I ask you to promote this pod if you enjoy it? And if you don't enjoy it, then just, you know, leave nasty comments in the um, in the YouTube feed like you normally do. We, we would be disappointed if you didn't do that. Um, so um, just before I introduce my guests, let me give a quick chat about our sponsors, uh, Forest Precision Engineering. You've maybe seen their uh, advertising around the stadium. Um, they're a, a subcontract Glasgow-based engineering company, uh, and we're delighted that they're sponsoring uh, JazzNet Podcast again this year. They've been a big commercial sponsor of Rangers for, for a, a number of years, um, and we really couldn't do this without their help. Um, as I say, whenever I'm on, if you are in need of precision engineering, and not all of us are, but if you are, then Forest Precision Engineering are where you should go. Um, if precision engineering is not something that you do need, um, then you may also be interested in the precision, Forest Precision Engineering Executive Lounge, which is a wonderful hospitality area in the main stand at Ibrox. Um, and it's one something that maybe if you've a somebody with a big birthday coming up or uh, some sort of celebration coming up, and you just want to treat yourselves, uh, you should look into. Um, the way to find out about it is to email the club at hospitality at rangers.co.uk. Okay, let's, uh, let's go on with the, the rest of the show. Uh, I'm joined tonight by um, a familiar face and perhaps a less familiar face than normal. Um, during the close season, Jersnet had to we had to get rid of some of the older faces who, you know, let's face it, just probably, just probably weren't quite able to do it week after week after week anymore. And um, we've brought in some, um, some vitality, some, some young blood. Um, I'm obviously talking about you just now, Stuart. Um, no, I'm not. I'm talking about Robert, Robert Fawcett. Nice to meet you, Robert. This is literally the first time you and I have met. Um, and we're doing it live. So, you know, what could possibly go wrong? Uh, in 45 minutes time, you're going to realize, boy, I really don't like that guy, do I? That's, uh, that's why they didn't introduce us beforehand. Um, Robert, first question, of course, uh, is it Robert? Is it Bob? Is it Rab? What, what would you, what's your preferred name? Uh, Rob is fine. I've been called all of the above, but uh, given it's Sunday, I think Robert probably is apt. Otherwise, Stuart might give me a telling off. So, well, none of us want to tell off from Stuart tonight. Yeah. Stuart, you're, you're you're an old hand here, Stuart. You're uh, you're familiar with the, the ways of things. Initially, it looked like it was just going to be me and you tonight. Robert's actually a a, 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 a kind of late calling off the bench, and it's very good of Robert to do that. It's good to know that someone else with a social life on a Sunday um, is available to come in, and that enthusiasm he'll bring to this show will um, hopefully cloud over the cantankerousness that you and I will bring. I always think of you and I as the kind of Frank Skerritt and Mr. Aby of Jersnet. There's, a, there's, a, there's one for the uh, TikTok generation. The party's over. <laughs> um, so anyway, it's good to see you. Um, after uh, just, 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 just to show you, there you are, okay? Those are my precision engineering papers. <laughs> Did you serve your time? Oh yes, yeah. A suspended sentence. Um, you know, it was. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, oh, three. Well, was it three years, ten months, and seven days of it? Yeah. Not anyone's counting, of course. I was. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good idea. I, 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 I categorised it as a good idea at the time. It was a very good idea at the time. And and to be absolutely honest, if it wasn't two for two of my favourite people in the world. Um, namely, uh, Mr. White, Mr. Mackay. No, actually, Mr. <laughs> m Mrs. Mrs. Thatcher and uh, Mr. Uh, Scargill. I'd probably still be doing that, but they had different <laughs> ideas. So <laughs> anything I've done says was thanks to them. Anyway, we, we continue. No, I, I'm very well, and uh, I did. Um, I was on with Robert last week and called him Robert, so he's getting Robert again before um, he, he goes any further. And I was actually quite worried when it was only you and I joined it, but I looked a bit like a, an ancient speed dating service <laughs> that somebody had <laughs> into. So I'm, 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 glad, I'm glad Robert joined us. 
Yes, I think um, I think everybody is probably glad that that's not the night we had ahead of ourselves. Um, listen, I've had a busy day, it's, and, and it's been a busy weekend. Um, today, I, I did the, the Beats and Walk, which is a, a kind of charity thing in Glasgow, which you may or may not be familiar with. So eight, eight miles under the belt on that. Um, and then um, I went to see the Banksy exhibition. Um, uh, which is excellent and unfortunately you've got one more day to see it if you're interested and it closes um, so that was excellent two excellent things and yet you know neither of those two things were the highlight of the weekend um, the, the, the highlight of the weekend last night I don't know if you two are interested in this last night the, the proms BBC2 the proms did yeah. Northern Stole last Northern night Soul. which was just a sensational programme and even that was only the second best thing on TV uh, at the weekend um, so let's talk about the, the, the best thing on TV at the weekend which was, of course, Rangers heading up to Dingwall um, to, to play the, the, the might of Ross County. Now, Ross County actually had a, I've had a slightly better start to the season than than the end, of course, within the playoffs last season and, and quite dramatically um, stayed in, in the top flight uh, against Partick Thistle. So, uh, I, I, mean, I think we probably all went into this match with a touch of trepidation. It's it's after a European midweek, after a big European midweek, there's often a dip at the weekend. Look at the Hearts result today. Uh, to, to, um, I was going to say, look at the Hibs result, but the Hibs result, that came as a surprise to nobody. But um, look at the Hearts result today, um, uh, uh, you, you realise that, you know, European match, we've seen this many times, it can be a, a, a slippery game the following Saturday, no matter who we're against. So it was really quite pleasing that arguably that was our, our best performance of the season, certainly in the first half. Um, Robert, you're our, you're our, or at least you're my, my new guest. Um, let me start with you. Looking at that starting lineup yesterday, did it surprise you? Did, did, did that come as a surprise to you following what's happened through the week? Uh, I, th- I think the only surprise was uh, was really Roof starting, to be honest. You know, I think that was that was one, um, you know, I thought he'd get some minutes off the bench. Um, but no, I mean, apart apart from that, um, and maybe with the rest of Campbell, just because of the, just because of the importance of the game coming up against PSV and, and, and he's usually so important to us as a team. And in actual fact, you know, that game at the weekend is probably the worst he's played in the Rangers jersey and, and we still won and we still created chances. So I think from, from a team selection point of view, um, expected a couple of changes, didn't expect Roof to come in. Um, but again, I think that's the, the, the thing that we've got to get used to now is that we've actually got a strong squad. You know, even look at the bench yesterday um, or, uh, against Ross County, it was, it was fairly strong from that point of view. So it's 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 good to it's good to have those options where we can make changes yeah, um, going throughout the season. Absolutely. Um Sifuentes on the bench, Jack and the bench, both being rested, do you think, or were they dropped, or was it a surprise to see at least not one of them in, in the starting lineup? Um certainly not certainly not Jack. I thought I thought he would have got I thought he would have got rested. Sifuentes maybe, um, just because I felt certainly against PSV, um you know, it wasn't it wasn't his best performance since he's come in. But again, you know, fairly young boy. It's probably the the highest quality opposition that he's faced in his career, apart from maybe international football. Um, but no, I mean, I think I think Jack and Jack and Sifuentes might come back into the starting lineup and and probably needed needed that little bit of a rest. We've got to remember with Sifuentes as well. He's effectively had a full season already. You know, he's only had a couple of weeks break, so you don't know you don't know how much more he's got left in those legs before it's going to become a bit of an issue over here. Yeah, it's actually an interesting point. Um, you know, he's he, he, this is his kind of uh, you know to see him through to April, May of next season it would be a you know he'll need a winter break. Um, but um, yeah, we'll worry about that when that happens. Um, Colin, um, Colin, I'm going to call you Colin there at Force of Habit, Stuart. Um, Kamal Roof. Um, I'm offended. <laughs> you, should, you should be. That's, that's why I'm here. Um, Kamal Roof, uh, uh, as Robert mentioned there, um, you know, a surprise in the starting lineup, but but what turned out to be a very pleasant surprise. Um, and the reason I mentioned Colin was because Colin and I used to say this last year that the, the best striker at the club was Kamal Roof. He just could never get fit. Um, and, and and I would probably go a step further that a fit Kamal Roof is, is arguably the best striker in our league. Um, so it was. It was from from a personal point of view. It was. Uh, it was a very pleasant uh, to see him back in the starting lineup. And obviously, he made. Um, he scored the goal um, and a nice goal as well. A nice finish. Finish kind of out of nothing. Um, it was a fairly significant contribution. It changed the flow of the game at that point. Um, 
with with Danilo, Bessers, Lammers, Sima, Matondo, now Lawrence is back. We've got Cantwell. I mean, Scott Wright's still with the club. Um, we've really got quite a bit of choice in those attacking areas. Um, Roof showed that when he's fit, he's arguably our best forward. So how do you think we're going to use him this season? How much of Roof do you expect to see? Uh, one in four games. Yeah. I mean, as, uh, when he signed for Rangers, um, both a guy I knew in Belgium and a guy um, who's a Leeds fan, the two of them said the exact same thing. He'll only play one in every four games. Was I surprised to see him in the first team uh, yesterday? Yes, because I'd actually forgotten he was still there. Um, and it was, uh, you know, I, I know you could say, yeah, he's arguably, but you, I, I would put up a hell of an argument to say there is no basis for actually saying that he is the best striker in the Rangers lineup or squad. Well, who's, the, who's the best striker than just now? Anybody who's, anybody who's fit. I don't yeah. know if you've noticed, but you can't play with 10 men. And, um, Liverpool so, proved differently today, but I'll take I take the point you're making. Um, I think Liverpool, but you don't go into Liverpool or I'll bring up last season in the Champions League and what Liverpool did to Rangers. Um I think I think you have to you have to be fit to play. And it's okay saying if he if he'd been fit here or he'd done this. I agree with you, John, actually. I'm I'm, I'm being kind of somewhat flippant. When he is fit, he is actually an outstanding player. We saw that in European competition. We've seen it domestically. I think the frustration from my part is you don't see it often enough. Yeah. And and if if someone can come to me, uh, a journalist in Belgium can say that to me, and a, a, a guy who's a fan of Leeds United can say the same thing to me, and then both of them are proved to be right, why did you sign somebody who could only play one in every four games and, and miss so much of the last two seasons? It's it's quite incredible, to be honest. So am I glad to see him back? Yes. Am I surprised to see him back? Not really, because I think there's still a, there's an element of desperation for Rangers to fight some, find somebody who would be a regular goal scorer and score goals when it's least expected. But um, I think... Just going back to a point that um, uh, one of the points that Robert covered, I think right at this time in the season, resting players because they've got a European tie, there are two schools of thought. One, you rest players because you've got a European tie, you want to keep them safe and fresh. The other is you're still trying to get a team that's actually trying to blend and trying to gel. So you lose 90 minutes where you might strike upon something that would help you in a bigger a bigger context. So I'm never convinced that actually resting players is such a great idea, especially when you're actually still trying to find your feet. Yeah, no, it's a good point. And uh, I, I think I agree with, with Robert. I think Jack was, was rested because I don't think Jack can play two games a week. Um, and I think, you know, I think that was, he was always going to be rested. Sifuentes, I was a little surprised. He may have a knock. Um, it may be as as Robert suggested that he's just he, he just had such a hard game, and it was a hard game for the midfield. They had a, they were doing a lot of run um, that um, it, it was decided to change. And to be fair, Lundstrom came in, and my heart sunk a little bit when I saw Lundstrom in the starting lineup. But he actually had a pretty decent game. Yeah, you, know, you couldn't you, you couldn't really hold Lundstrom. Um, you know, responsible for anything yesterday. I thought Lundstrom actually played pretty well. Um, staying up front. Robert, um, Dessers started again, uh, Danilo on the bench, um, uh, Zima on the bench. It, you know, it, it seems like he is our preferred number nine, which is the the modern way of saying he's our kind of main main striker. Um, it, it seems to be that, that, and that seems to be how this is panning out. None of us, at least I didn't know a huge amount about him before we, we bought him. Um, and having seen him pre-season a couple of times, I wasn't massively impressed, but... Um, he has he has improved. There's no doubt he has improved. His his pass um, for the uh, the Matondo goal against PSV was 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 a thing of beauty. Um, so there's clearly a footballer in there. I think we all know that. Um, he had a few chances yesterday. The kind of one header in particular, he really should have done better with. Um, you know, what's your impression of of Dessers now? You've had we've had you know we've had a few competitive games now. Um, you know, what's your Im Im impression of Dessers? And I say this to you, and I don't know, you probably won't remember this, but I say this to you as somebody who who was following Rangers fairly closely when Mark Hately signed and had written him off as a big coup 
after about about two months. And um, turned out he wasn't. <laughs> so, you know, um, uh, you learn from your mistakes over time. Um, but, you know, do you think he is a Nigerian prince or do you think he's, he's somebody who's looking um, for a, a bank account that he's got some money to deposit into? To, could you help him out for that? Which one do you think he's going to end up being? That's the strangest um, analogy I've heard. There are lost ones to come, Stuart, don't worry. I'll, I'll tune out then. <laughs> um, I love I, everybody I, else is listening. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've, I've, still got, I've still got faith in him, to be honest. I think I think it would be slightly different if he wasn't getting into the right positions to score. And, and game after game, he is still putting himself in there. I think if we're continually saying this, like another 10 games down the line and he hasn't scored many, many more than he has just now, then absolutely we're going to have a problem. But in the games that he's been involved in, I think you've, like the whole team, you've you've seen gradual improvement game on game. Yeah. Now, by his own by his own admission, you know, I think he missed two months, two or three months at the back end of last season. He was a bit behind in pre-season. I think you're now starting to see, you know, him getting up to speed and being fit, um, getting getting fitter amongst the rest of the players. And, and, you know, he scored a couple and he's been and he's assisted three so far. Now, not great numbers, but it's still it's still a contribution. I think I think the one thing that's that, that that's made me confident, not just about the lack of goals, it's it's about the goals that have been spread across the team. You know, I think I think at this point in the season we're sitting with eight and with eight people that have that have stuck numbers up in the score sheet. Compare that to last season. Where we probably maybe had two yeah. or three Total players scored the ball, yeah, yeah. You know, but I think, and I think that's that's a sign of strong Rangers teams of yesteryear, where goals have been spread amongst the team, and and other players have picked up the slack for for strikers when they haven't hit the back of the net. Now, his performance against PS3 showed the kind of running that he can do. Uh, I think it is it is just going to take a little bit of time for him to to kind of start hitting the net on a regular basis. But if he's continually putting himself in the right positions. Then sooner or later, his luck's got to change a little bit. Now, that doesn't that doesn't hide the fact there was a couple of, a couple of headers that he probably could have done a little bit better with at the weekend. But you know, I think it, it's a case of it's a case of persevering at the moment and and still remembering that they're really only what five six games into the Rangers' careers here. Yeah, you know, we've got it's to give still them, August. You know, <laughs> exactly. Do we write them off now, or we give them one more game? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Typical Rangers supporters. Yeah. He's uh, he, 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 I, yeah, like like you say there. I think he uh, you've seen improvement um, and uh, the link up play at times against PSV, but actually yesterday I got, you know Ross County and PSV are obviously two very uh, two different very very different levels. But the link up play, particularly in the first half yesterday, was was very very good at times. Uh, they really did look like they were starting to find each other. Um, and I guess ultimately that that's you know the goals will come. Uh, I think I think we all feel that that the, the goals will come. But what he has to do is keep getting in, into the positions. You made a good point there about the fact the goals have been spread around the team, um, and and none more so than um, James Tavernier, who uh, who scored arguably what goal of the season already yesterday. Sure, um, a, a goal of of real real quality. Um, now there's been a bit of criticism of Tav by um, you know some people in the support. Um, no, name names. <laughs> have a look at the Jersnet. Have a, go on and have a look at the Jersnet forum, and you'll see for yourself. Um, so there's been some criticism of Tav. Not, you know, I think I think we would all say that uh, he didn't have the best season last year. Now he didn't. None of them did. Um, he didn't have his best season last year. Um, there are still times when his defending um, could be improved, um, but. You know, when you've got a right back who can score goals like that one yesterday, um, it, it's not really any surprise that he's the first name on our team sheet. I also think that defending's done by a team, and the team last season wasn't playing particularly well. Um, and, and as such, defenders then get, get put under pressure. Um, so, if a midfield, which certainly looks like a better midfield um, than it did 12 months ago, um, and if an attack can just click, um, do you think that we're in for another vintage tab season, or do you think that the the negatives that we've seen and heard um, are are there? What, what kind of tab are you expecting over the next twelve months? 
Um, can I can I just say you sort of contradicted yourself ever so slightly? I'm, by I'm saying, surprised it was just slightly. By saying that the, the goals are spread throughout the team and then pointed to Tavernier, who appears to score all the goals every <laughs> week. <laughs> uh, and, and thereby lies the kind of juxtaposition. Um, and, I, and I think that's part of the, the, the whole complexity of... Tavenier as a player, he has been invaluable as a contributor um, to Rangers and the goals that he's, you know, he's made and the goals he's scored, but has frustrated the hell out of people simply because he is one of the worst defenders I have seen. Uh, I mean, and I've I've seen a, I have seen a few. I, don't, <laughs> I, I know I know defense is a collective, but a defense is only as good as it's because you know, part and and too often the fullbacks at Rangers have sort of proven to be r- rather weak. Um compared to the, the, the point you were making about you know who was scoring goals up front, you were right about Hately. but then again, once you found out how unfit Hately had actually been when he actually signed for Rangers, you understood why he suddenly came on and looked like a world class striker after about two months. Yeah. Uh, we're still waiting for Mark Falco and Colin West and one or two others <laughs> to show the same. Like Neil Wood. Yeah. But the thing the, the thing the point I will I'll make about the about uh, the Hately comparison is Hately was one of two strikers and I think the way that Rangers play the onus is put so heavily on one guy doing it the reason the goals are shared throughout the team is because of the formation that you play and other people have got to join in as attackers whereas traditionally Rangers played with two strikers so you always had that you know McCoyst and Hately or or you know Miller and Brand or, or Johnson and Smith whoever it might be there was always two of them and because Rangers play with one striker they have never signed anybody called um, you know like Gabriel Batistuta or John Carew who could play that role day in day out on their own and score goals and I think I've always said, and I had this argument once upon a time with Alex McLeish, who pointed to just how well Valencia were doing when they had uh, John Carew up front and Imar playing behind him. And I pointed out that he was trying to do the same. I think it was with Daniel Perzo and, and Thomas Buffel. There's a, you know, it's a bit like trying to do the Paris Dakar rally in a taxi. The, you know, the, the, you'll start it up and it'll go in the right direction if you point it that way. But the end result might not be what you're looking for. And I think ultimately the Rangers strikers currently, there's a hell of a lot being asked of them. If you're the sole striker to score goals, be the link man, hold the ball up and hope that people join in with you. And I think last season and one or two seasons previously, um, uh, you know, I, I think um, I think they lack guys joining in in the attack. So it made the, the striker look isolated. Somebody just commented there, uh, nobody plays with two strikers. You know, actually, if, if you look at the way teams play, some teams play with three strikers currently. Don't for, don't kid yourself on that the wide guys are not strikers. They are out and out strikers. That's where the goals come from. If you look at a number of you know, any number of English teams and look at the, where the goals come from, it's a forward line of three guys have got. Because you you know, don't just think because somebody wears a number nine shirt, they're your primary striker. You see two two wide guys come in and are strikers as well. So I think I think the way that Rangers sometimes I, I approach the game means there's a hell of a lot of onus on the on the, the front guy. Rewinding to Tavernier, it's just the same James frustrating James Tavernier as he's been in all these days at Ibrox. He will score goals, he will contribute, he will be uh, a great captain on that front and then somebody you basically throw your arms up in despair and say what is he actually doing there and I think that's just the makeup of the guy and if you're not used to it now you'll never get used to it because I don't really see him changing yeah I mean oddly I mean I, I don't disagree with you on Tava I, I do like Tava I thought some of the criticism he had was, was unfair but um, you know I think I think a fit Tav and um, a tab with a problem midfield in front of them is, is you know, will be an enormous asset to Rangers this season. But but the, anyway, the other thing, John, the other thing, so the other thing, John, is 
Tavage your go-to man. And the reason your go is your go-to man is that a season ago, Rangers decided to cash in another guy who would have challenged them for that position and take eleven million quid or whatever it is, twelve million quid from Everton. So you can't have it both ways. You can't cash in on the players that would challenge somebody you see primarily as a weakness in the team and then think that you know the the you, you, you've got an instant replacement. Rangers had an instant replacement and decided to sell them. No, indeed. I, to be fair, I don't throw, you know, I don't, uh, the sale of Nathan Patterson looks a smarter move with every passing every passing month, it has to be said. But um, I don't when know it becomes if he's ready to have. When it becomes a, a championship player um, in a matter of about seven months or whatever it is, yeah, it's, it's I, I think it's time for him to come that. back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, I've been buying back for a, for a couple of million. Um, uh, just uh, very quickly, uh, diverse slightly, uh, and uh, yeah, your fan who was saying about, about playing two strikers. I mean, Roof is Roof was playing as a striker yesterday. Roof's not a wide player. Roof is a player who can move about. He has great mobility. He can link up. He can come deep. Um, you know, but but Roof is a striker. Um, you know, we played with two strikers yesterday in, in a three, um, and and not in the style of a, of a Hayley McCoy. It's not in the style of an old four four two. But we definitely had two strikers playing yesterday. Um, two people who you could only, you know, you would describe them. And Simi is a slightly different type of player. Lammers is a slightly different type of player. You, you, you know, they're not out and out strikers, but, but Roof and, and, um, Roof and Dessas are forwards. So there's no getting away from that. I still think there's a combination to be had with the players that are at Ibrooks I, 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 I currently. I still think there's a, a, a partnership or a combination of players who might, you might, you might, you know, um, think that, that, Roof might be a support player. He actually might turn into be the most significant player of you if you can keep him fit. That actually is it is it Rangers and everybody else then has to join in around him. Yeah. So I still think, and Robert said it earlier on, we are still only six games into the season. And you're, I mean, talk about finding your feet. It's it's you know you have to find your feet really really quickly just now. Because not only have you had to hit the ground running, you're you're literally taking on Usain Bolt over a hundred yards to 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 try and keep your you know yourself alive. Robert Ross County, um, they missed a glorious chance at the start of the second half yesterday, and um, probably had two or three other chances, uh, particularly in the second half, where um, you know, in a, twelve months ago. Um, they may have scored both of them against us. Um, thankfully, this time they didn't. Uh, you know, they, it was a game of two halves in some ways. Um, the first half, I thought, as I said, I thought we were probably the best we've been this season. Um, second half, we definitely, we definitely fell off it a bit. Um, we weren't as convincing in the second half. We weren't as fluid. Um, Ross County improved. Um, I don't know if that's was a tactical change in their half, but I think that struck me was that, that it's been a long time since we've seen a good 90 minutes from Rangers. The Celtic game towards the end of last season at Ibrox um, was a good 90 minutes, but but beyond that, under Beal, it's kind of felt like poor first half, a rollicking at halftime, a good second half, or a good first half, and then I don't know, they doesn't talk to them at all at halftime, and, and then they come out and say, half and it's not very good. Um, it, it, it's a slight concern for me, um, do you have any idea why this is happening? Is this a fitness thing? Is this just the players getting used to each other? Is this a, you know, is a tactical thing? Is it why is it why do we seem unable to get a full ninety minutes out of this team? It is it is bizarre. You know, I, th- I think I'd much prefer it to happen like it did at the weekend, where we're two goals up at half time, and then we we taper off and don't concede in the second half. That make it much easier than the old. Uh, than the old heart than, than going the other way where you know we're put under pressure in the first half and lose a goal and then have to fight back. Um it is it is quite bizarre. You know, I think on one hand, you know, the games where we have gone in behind or or or, or, or you know we, we've had to fight back, at least it shows res- resilience and character. But there really there really is no excuse for dropping off. You know, it come it either comes from complacency on the players' part or like you say it's it's maybe a lack of urgency for man- the management team. Um, but it's really difficult to it's really difficult to understand why when you're comfortably up to 0 you know, goal difference could be such an important thing towards the back end of the season. It's the continuing to push to try and to try and take advantage of that when you've got the momentum. It's almost like you know, we take a couple of goals 
we, we take the lead and we're happy just to, to let the game go out where other teams in the past have been right we've got we've got our th- uh, throat foot on the throat let's not take it off let's continue to push forward that advantage and, and score as many goals as we can um, I think after the break if it continues to be that way then I'll start to get a little bit more worried because there's only going to be so many times that you can kind of run your luck um, like the chance that White had you know Nine times out of ten, he would nestle that in the top corner from a header point of view, and then it puts us immediately back under pressure because it's only two-one. Um, so I think I think we got away with it from that chances point of view. But apart from that, we were we were comfortable during the rest of the game, and then there was a couple of tweaks later on with Matondo and Sima coming in, which injected a bit more pace for us um, and stretched Ross County a little bit more, and, and we created a couple of cracking chances towards the end of the game that you know probably should have ended up in the back of the net again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's just something that it's frustrating, as you said yourself. There, we should be killing teams off, and we're not yet. Um, and teams like Ross County can be dangerous away from home if you if you give them a um, if you give them a, a hint of, of coming back into the game. Um, and, and it is frustrating. I don't know what's doing it. Um, sure, you've got uh, unlike well, certainly unlike me. I don't know. Maybe Robert actually does. Uh, um, Say that sentence again. Unlike me, who have never really spent any time around professional football players, um, you have you have a bit more of an insight into how professional football players think. Celtic dropped points at home on Saturday, um, and I think that came as a surprise to to most of us. Uh, St. Johnson are having a terrible season. Um, probably favourites to go down based on on preseason and uh, the start of the season. Um, so for Celtic to drop two points to them at home came as as a as a big shock. Um, you know, last season and the season before, Celtic always seemed to find the late goal. I used to hate it when you would hear it was they were drawing and 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 um, you would have a look and oh two minutes to go, you know, and and you'd look again and it's the third minute injury time and they would score, you know, and it just seemed to happen in every game. Uh, they always seem to find that 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 late goal. That's them lost and drawn the last two matches, um, both away. Uh, sorry, but I've won away and one at home, both to you know Kilmarnock and St Johnson teams. You would not expect them to drop points to. Psychologically, how does that affect our players? Does it affect them at all? You know, does it give them a boost? Are they do they do they close it out? Do players not do players not notice these things? Um, you know, do they just ignore it? Is it and in the end, is it just all about what we do? Is it what we focus on? How do you think that will affected the dressing room at Ibrox? I think if you're looking at the opposition and thinking they could do us a favour by dropping points, then your mindset and your mentality is wrong. You've got to do it for yourself and and put the pressure on. You couldn't say that Celtic failed on Saturday to beat St Johnson because of the pressure that Rangers applied to them by beating Ross County. I don't think it, it, it works that that way. Um, getting back to the Ross County game, very, very simple for me. Ross County is a kind of opponent where a lot of those players wouldn't know where Dingwall was and probably they're still looking for Ross County in the map, never mind Dingwall. Um, you want to go in there, win the game, take three points, doesn't matter how you win the game and take the three points. It's a bit like cup tie football. Don't come out of any red cards and don't pick up any silly injuries. So therefore, it was job done. And you take that and you go into your next match. I think if Rangers take anything from it, it has to be from their own performance rather than results anywhere else. Because you know that unless you actually do the job yourself, the next time you play your nearest and dearest rivals, they can still beat you. You know, they're not going to beat themselves that day. You still have to physically beat them. And I think that side of it is more about you concentrating on your own job. You know, it's the the Bill Belichick um, in, in, in terms of America, American football. You know, very simple mantra. Do your job. Don't worry about anybody else. Do your job. And if you do it to the best of your ability, there's a chance you'll win. And I think Rangers did do it. Your frustration is right, John. Name uh, 90 minutes that Rangers have played and look good. I think you're going back to maybe the European run from about two seasons ago. They seem to play in in periods and quarters. They seem to divvy the game up as to when they're going to give 100% and when they're going to basically take their foot off the throttle. 
hugely frustrating. But you have to think that somebody's giving them that kind of directive of or get yourself in front and then maybe hold on. No, I don't think you're good enough to be able to do that. So you might as well go for broke. Um, if you're 2-0 up, you might as well try and make it 3-4-5. and four and five, And that is what Celtic do. You can't be surprised that Celtic scored as many goals because they, they, they have, over a number of seasons, played for 90 minutes and empty win over 90 minutes and score goals over 90 minutes. Where I, th- I do think the mindset at Ironbrooks has been get yourself a couple of goals in front and just hold on. Interesting. Um, I mean, I mentioned the Celtic result because obviously we're playing them in the weekend. Um, and that was one thing if it, if it would affect the players. I, I've read, and I say this to you because you do have some insight into this, I've read numerous times where, or I've heard it said by players and managers, you know, what we, we, we don't see what's in the media. We just ignore what's in the media. And then, until you turn up at a press conference, somebody <laughs> grabs you by I, the throat. I was going to say, you know, yeah. and, and then, you, of course, you realise that that's absolute garbage. They absolutely, they're, they're the rest of us, you know, they can't help it. They, of course, they read these things. Um, and, and that's why I was wondering if you thought this had any, that, that, you know, this, the Rangers team would have been on the bus home. Um, they, they couldn't have been too far from Glasgow by the time they got um, the, the Celtic result come through. It must give them a, it must give them something. What, what do you think, Robert? Do you think it gives them a wee boost or do you think that nah, doesn't make any difference? They're just so focused on their own job. All they're thinking about is PSV. Doesn't make any difference what the Celtic score was. Well, if you, if you, if you check out uh, Todd Campbell's Instagram, you can, you can definitely see that they, uh, that they know what's happening <laughs> with results when, when he's posting his cheeky little smiles, which I love, by the way, because I think it's about time we had a player that kind of treated them with a little bit of contempt. Um, but no, I mean, I think I think there will be an element of a little boost. But like Stuart says, you know, the the teams that I remember from yesteryear um, under Smith Advocate, we focused on what we needed to do. You know, we didn't it didn't it didn't matter a jot what happened across the road um, when it when it came to the league and when it came to winning football games. You know, we had to we went out with the sole purpose of mind of beating the team that was in front of us. You know, and I think that's that's the that's the mindset that you really need to be approaching these games with. Because if you if you focus too much on what your opposition are doing or what your what your nearest rivals are going to be doing, you take your eye off the ball, and it and it potentially allows a bit of complacency to then to then drift into the team. You know, again, the 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 fifty five season. You know, we continually pushed and pushed and pushed, regardless of how many points they dropped. And and I think that demonstrates the mindset that you need in your team. You know, is that you go into every single game with the expectation that you're going to win and that you're going to win by a couple of goals. You know, because that's ultimately what we should be doing. Um, and I, and I think that 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 that's that that's the mindset that some of these players need to have. You know, it's it is yes, it's great to laugh at them if there's a slip up, but equally that means nothing if we don't beat them in the third and if we don't continue. To, to, to beat what's in front of us after that. You know, that's only half the job done at that point. Absolutely. Right. Let me change the subject very quickly. Um, we've talked about, you know, important games coming up, important games we've just played. Arguably, the most important thing that happened last week at Rangers didn't happen on the pitch. Um, there was two announcements um, about off, off the pitch at, at Rangers. Firstly, James Taylor. Uh, and, and because... Time is against us. I won't make the he's seen fire and rain and um, he, he should come to us at any problems like that. I won't make any of those puns uh, in this one. James Taylor was appointed as our chief financial officer. Um, you know, let me say at the very beginning, I am not uh, some kind of finance expert. I wouldn't even claim to be an expert in business. Um, I had never heard of James Taylor before this, at least certainly not this one. Um, a quick, a cursory glance at his CV suggests this is somebody who is eminently qualified um, to carry out this job at Rangers. Um, certainly, somebody we've been needing um, since the the boardroom changes and, and um, you know management C-suite changes that we saw uh, earlier on this year. That was the end of last season. Um, so it's quite good that that role has been filled, and you know we wish him every success and hope that's a great appointment. Probably more interestingly, though, was the announcement that uh, a gentleman called John Halsted, um has been uh, given a seat on our board, become a, a, one of the, the directors of Rangers now. Again, I don't know John Halstead. I've never met John Halstead. I know nothing about John Halstead other than what I've read. From what I can see, he is an American with no obvious emotional 
connection to Rangers uh, that I can see. I could be dead wrong there. It may turn out that you know his father used to run the Bridgeton Loyal. Um, but from what I can see, he, he doesn't have an emotional connection to Rangers. Um, he has been a very, very successful businessman running equity funds. I am entirely sure what equity funds are, but, but he's been running them and he's been doing well at it. I guess my question to both of you is, what do you think he's doing on our board? Why do you think he's on the board of Rangers Football Club? Robert, what do you think? Um, so I think I think usually with these types of moves, it's because that there's there's investment linked to it. You know, and I think I think that that's probably the sign that either he has he has invested monies in the club before now, um, or that there's potential investment coming down the pipe. Um, so you think he's seen? One. You think he's seen Dessel's first three or four matches and thought, "Hang on, well, that, that's where they're spending my money. I'm on this board." Uh, I don't. I don't think it's that. I mean, you you never really know what's going on in the boardroom. You know, there's there's been talk of investment coming in for quite a while now with the with the rumours that you that you hear in the in the WhatsApp stuff. But you know, whether this is a sign of things coming down the pipe or not, you know, we'll we'll never know. I think I think initially when it when it got announced, it was people were running around, you know, with their hands in the air because we've got a billionaire on the board now. Um, but you know what that's going to mean in the short term for us. None of us really know. You know, it could it could well be that that he's looking at how he can maximise investment in Rangers to make it a, a a stronger a stronger commercial proposition moving forward. But we're all guessing. You know, nobody really knows. And again, I'm not going to profess to be a financial 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 expert. What I will say is, typically, if you get appointed to the board, that is because it's 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 the outcome that you've asked for in return for something else, isn't it? So. What that is, I've got no idea. Stuart, you've got your nose to the ground. You know about things. And, any, uh, any light you can shine <laughs> on this? No, actually, I think Robert probably summarised that pretty well. If if you appear on the board of directors of a football club or any business, it's because you have a vested interest in that. And it, it, I think Rangers fans... Many Rangers fans will be hoping that he's already in place for uh, a tranche of money to come in Rangers' direction. This whole thing about him, oh, he's a billionaire and all the rest of it. You don't become a billionaire investing in football. Yeah, you're a, billionaire. a millionaire, start off as a billionaire and then invest in a football club. Is that is that? Yeah, the yeah, you're pretty much you're pretty much <laughs> buying on there, John. The, uh, the amount of an investment, I would say. Um, this, this, this might be very harsh indeed I do not see any angle currently as to why extremely rich Americans, unlike England where you can buy your way into top clubs or facilitate um, the improvement of a club that would get you into the top tier as has happened or you might see it happening with like, say, Birmingham City just now there is not that uh, potential. Not obvious return, no, I, I agree. No, especially in Scotland. In Scotland, there is none. I mean, it, yeah. it, you know, it was highlighted several times over this week when you looked at Aston Villa uh, beating Hibs and what Aston Villa have spent and what their income has been compared to what Hibs have spent and what their income is. So there's, there's nobody joining up with Rangers to try and make, uh, you know, 500 million out of Rangers in the next five years, that ain't going to happen. No, yeah, no, the, the, only, the only other angle could be that he's the man that's funding the move for uh, Eden Hazard, and we'll see him well, before deadline day. So that'll uh, be good. Absolutely, yeah, that, I think there's more chance of Mickey Hazard that used to play with Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just purely, purely facetious there that that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Calm yourself. Talking about things that have happened in the past, because we've had some interesting deadline days, but talking about things that have happened in the past, <laughs> PSV Eindhoven, again, um, uh, uh, coming up, um, looking forward to, to the weekend. Um, I won't spend too much time on this, but uh, as I wrote here in my notes, it's deja vu all over again. Um, a 2-2 draw at home, um, which means we go over to Eindhoven um, as underdogs. Uh, I think I don't think it's unfair to say that um, it's not um, we're not massive underdogs but you know I think you, you would always say the home team have a, an advantage um, I think we saw enough um, from Eindhoven to suggest to us 
um, that they're, they're, they're a pretty decent team. Uh, if we didn't know that beforehand, they're a pretty decent team. They're a, a bit different from last season, but then so are we. A bit different from last season as well. Um, so we're in the exact same position as last year. Both teams going into the team game at, 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 at the Phillips Stadium, I think it's still called, um, at, the, at the Phillips Stadium. Who, who do you see lining up for us uh, in this game, Stuart? Who do you think the important players are going to be? I can't see it being that different from from last week. I think that was the strongest team that Rangers could put out last week, and you're going to, it's going to take your strongest team to... To beat PSV, you have to beat PSV. There's no point in getting in there and saying, let's keep it tight and see if we can get a draw out of this and take it to penalties or whatever it is. You need to win this this tie in, in 90 minutes. So you have to go with all your trump cards, so to, so to speak. So I think um, he, he's not the kind of guy that, that fills me with, uh, with confidence. He's not a... A Walter Smith, Bill. yeah, yeah. He's not, a, he's not a Walter Smith who, who would fill you with confidence because of his pragmatism, because he knew he would have drilled the team to an inch of its life, but he would know what they were going to do. He's not the kind of guy. He's not a dick advocate who would would go out and pick the best team to score the more to score more goals in the opposition. He's not that kind of guy either. So I I do wonder sometimes, but. They have to win it in 90 minutes, so it'll be the strongest possible team. And and just what you mentioned there, the reason I was chuckling, um, you know, incessantly to myself there and even switched the microphone off, so kind of a really good laugh, was that your, your, your comment about we've had some weird and wonderful arrivals in the last day. Exhibit A, Filippo Maniero, um, who, <laughs> who arrived on the final day to 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 great celebrations that Rangers had signed a Serie A striker and disappeared back out the door without anybody actually knowing what the guy even looked like. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, let's hope it's uh, it's not like that. Um, you know, I mean, it's from having watched the first leg. There were times when when PSV were controlling the match. When there were times when they were knocking the ball around a little easily. They were um, doubling up against the fullbacks. Um, I think the second half, obviously, I, I, I didn't see the game. I had the misfortune of driving from the middle of Banff back to, to, to Glasgow uh, last Tuesday night. So I had the pleasure of, of the Rangers game via Radio Scotland, which was um, interesting, <laughs> I have to say. I've never heard us lose two, two each before. Um, but there, there you go, it seemed to be what we did. Um, but, uh, it, you know, it, it, I'm interested that you think it will just be it, it's it's going to be the same. Um, you think we go, that's the strongest team, that's where we have to go. Over yourself, um, Robert, do you think it will be the same team? Do you think we're going? Is that the, the strongest team we've got? Do you think it will change things around? I think that is the strongest team we've got, but I think I think he might end up changing it around a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised to see Lundstrom and Jack line up um, against PSV over there because it will allow, allow one of them to drop a little bit deeper. And who, who um, goes and, out? Who and, leaves the team? So if we is Raskin, do you see those? Uh, I, I don't. If, if you're going to sacrifice one of them, it'd be Sifuentes, I think at the moment, um, just because of just because of the struggles that you had against them on on the first leg. Now that's not saying that's that's an approach that I would adopt because that that to me would suggest that we want them to continually attack us, which I don't think we can afford to do. We've got to have something in our team that offers something going forward. I don't think he'll start both Matondo and Sima. Um, you know, and again, Matondo coming off the bench worked really well against PSV at Ibrook. So you'd probably look at Sima yeah. starting and then Matondo coming off the bench again. But you know, I think I think the one thing that, that, that we can't do is we can't get into that mindset of just going there to defend. We've got as as Stuart says, we've got to go over there and win, you know. Um we can't we can't play for the draw to to take it yep. to extra time and penalties. This last I had one very maybe I don't say it was controversial. Or it might be interesting or it might surprise people. I would be more confident of Rangers going to Eindhoven to the Philips Stadium and actually getting a result and a victory, having seen PSV at Ibrooks. I don't know. I, I think maybe, I think maybe we built this PSV team up to be something extra special, a better team than they had like last season. I, 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 
I know they may have some better players, but I still think that was a very good PSV team last season. I didn't see anything really that that made this look like an improvement on what they had last season. So I think beforehand, I would have said it's going to be tough for Rangers. I think having seen PSV and, and actually some of the some of the, the weaknesses, they were extremely good going forward. They could string passes together. The speed they played at and the pace they played at was, was fantastic at times. But Rangers scored twice against them. And if you looked at it all in, there were weaknesses there that Rangers, a diligent Rangers side, could exploit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Sorry, well, interestingly, they didn't play at the weekend. Um, the Dutch FA gave PSV the, the weekend off. Um, <laughs> what a novel. <laughs> imagine imagine supporting your clubs. They'll never catch on. No, they'll not catch on in this country. But I go back to the point that you made earlier, um, because it has in my head that, you know, uh, this time of the year as well, this time of the season, that actually you maybe need games. You know, maybe this is, this, you need, to, you're fine, because it's a new PSV team. Um, you know, maybe you do need games to, to, to get used to each other and, and you know, kind of keep things going. Anyway, we'll see. Look, last question on this. Um, uh, uh, we're not far away from finishing, but last question on this one. Um, Robert, uh, whatever happens, we're playing in Europe. Okay, we're playing Europe, you know, for, for, for the rest of the autumn um, through in, in, into it, whether it's the Champions League or the Europa League. At this stage now, having seen the first leg, knowing what you know about the Champions League from last year, how would you feel if it was the Europa League? Would that be a disappointment for you at this stage? Um, so if you'd asked me that before the season started because of the, the wonderful reporting in the Scottish media around the Club World Cup, um, I would have said absolutely drop into Europa League to get more coefficient points. Uh, that would be better for us if it, if it meant we could qualify for that. Um, now that uh, the the proper rules of qualification for that tournament have uh, have been um, identified. There's no chance, I think, that we can qualify for that. So absolutely, we need to be at the top table of football. You know, we're, we're Rangers at the end of the day. We should be in the Champions League. Um, you know, and that that is absolutely what we should be striving for to get through this tie with PSV. You know, it's great that we've got that safety net in Europa League. Absolutely, it's fantastic. At least we're going to have you know European football until Christmas, but. You know, we were we were one of the founding clubs of the Champions League. If this is if this is going to be the last year in its current format, then we should be at that table as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, it's the end of the uh, transfer window. The end of this week, or the end of this coming week. Um, had you left today uh, on loan, or certainly this weekend, you left on loan um, off to Spain. Um, did that disappoint you, Stuart? Were you disappointed to see had you disappear for the season? Yeah, um, because I think he's actually somebody who can play football. The, 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 you know, the, the, the point Robert made a minute ago there about maybe making changes for PSV and and playing Lundstrom um, in, in the midfield along with Jack, that, that for me is almost a kind of defeatist approach before you start. I know you can't afford to lose the game too early, but yeah, you have to win this game first. And I think you want to be playing with match winners. And Hadji, for me, is always a, a potential match winner, regardless of who the opposition is. So I think the fact, two things disappoint me. One, that the, the Rangers don't think they've got a use for him, therefore he can go. And secondly, that he actually went so willingly. Now, I know as a footballer, you want to play games and you want to you know, improve your lot and improve your chances. The fact that it's for a, a whole season makes me think that he ain't coming back. Yeah, no, I but, think this is the short window, don't you, yeah, Stuart? I think this yeah, is the yeah. I'm getting the short window, I. And, and I, I, because I think, I think Rangers have signed maybe one or two players who are much of a muchness in terms of the, the kind of role that he plays. In fact, we even... We even mentioned a guy earlier in terms of Roof. Roof and Hadji for me are the kind of guys that can you could use or utilize in certain positions depending on who the opposition is. They're very similar. And if and if if Hadji wants to play football, yeah, maybe he should go somewhere else. But I think again, um it, it may be a bit like, you know, Hadji, Lawrence, Cantwell, Roof, all of these guys for me. Anyway, are, are kind of and are mixed. You can you can jumble them up and bring them out in any sort of permutation. They could all do a job for you, and and I think that 
It might be a bit of a risk that Hadji's the one that goes out, and I know he was a, a long-term injury, but there's two players within that quartet that I mentioned there, namely Ruth and, and Lawrence, who we have seen virtually nothing of, and, and they've had lesser injuries than um, than Hadji has had. So that that would maybe that would maybe fill me with a, a, a little bit of dread. But I'd be sorry to see him go because I, I, I've, I've liked him and I think he's a, a, a talented player who maybe we never actually saw the best of. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think I think Cantwell probably is taking his place in the team just now. Yeah. Um, um, Lammers does a little bit of what of what, of what Hadji does as well. I, I still can't quite figure out Lammers' best position, but he seems a kind of link guy, a, a guy who can... Um, you know, try and make things happen. I, I don't know. I'm not. Used to, I don't. I'm not as bothered about Hadji leaving. Um, I, I always felt he flattered to deceive a little bit. Um, but I can understand his desire to play. I can understand. You know, if he gets a chance to go and sp- play in, in, in the top league in Spain, I can see why he would say, "Look, I want to take that. I, I'm not getting a game just now. I'm not getting in this team. I need to play games. I've lost, you know, whatever eighteen months of my career." Um, I need to play games. I, 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 I can see why he's keen. Um, last point to yourself, Robert, then. Um, as I said, window closes on Friday. Um, can we expect many more to leave? Um, do you see many more? Uh, I mean, there's been a wee bit of clearing a house this week. Um, so do you see many more leaving and do you think there's a chance anyone else will come in? Is Maniero already away? <laughs> he's, he's, he's just been given a new contract, Stuart. Uh, he's four years. Uh, um, so I think you, obviously the Kamara one's now moving, so he's going to be out the door, which is which is a bit of a given. You know, I think I think a lot of the fans are probably still wanting Davis to to, to move on so that we can sign another good quality centre half. Um, and I think that's probably the one area where I think we are a little bit light. Um, we've got Balogun, who's a who's a capable backup, but. Um, you know, I think I think we still we're probably still one light in that area, and then if you know injuries injuries still permit with Redvan, are we, are we going to be covered at left back? Because let's face it, Borna has Borna has purple patches where he plays he plays well as he has done the last few games, but then he'll go on a ten game run where he absolutely hides and can't do anything. Um, so it's whether it's whether we've got enough cover at that left back spot to 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 give us the balance. Um, and, and and cover what we need there, and, and I think that might be a problem. Um, I'd love us to pull something out of the hat, um, but you, you never know with these things. You know, I think Bill Bill's usually pretty has got a lot to say in these matters, um, which can confuse fans a lot when he when he talks about recruitment and players and, and people we want to bring in. Um, so I guess it's just it's going to be a case of you know waiting until that window slams shut. Or either just creaks closed um, with a with a whimper. Okay, um, I don't know if uh, Eden Hazard can play left back, um, but uh, you never know. You never know. That's uh, what listen- more of a more of a half myself. <laughs> <laughs> listen, um, uh, Frankie asked me to keep it keep it to the fifty minutes, and I've I've, I've gone for an hour and one. So um, I'll I'll not be presenting again for a while. Um, so let me. <laughs> As Ali McCoyce might say, that's the closest I've been late in a while. <laughs> um, let me thank both of you tonight for giving up your Sunday nights and coming along and having to answer my inane questions. Uh, it's been lovely to meet you, Robert, and, and it's always good to, to speak with Stuart. There's always interesting stuff comes up. Um, there will, I don't know if they're going to be a preview of the PSV match, but I think they probably will. Um, unless Alec has been abducted by aliens, I would be astonished if he doesn't want to talk about a European tie. Um, we're fine, we're fine, Eindhoven, we're fine, Eindhoven and Tuesday morning to do it. You're doing a live one from the, 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 the square. And, Aye, and, Frankie, and you... Frankie doesn't know it yet, but he paid for the tickets the other week. There. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of content we're here for. That's what I like to hear. So I don't know if there'll be a preview of the PSV match, but there might be. <laughs> there will almost certainly be some post-match reaction. 
Um, and there's definitely a preview of the Celtic game next Friday night. Sorry, um, sorry, John. John, I need to say this. I was, I, if the Phillips factory had still been in Hamilton, I'd have gone down and done a preview from outside the Phillips factory in Hamilton <laughs> just, just to make it look as if we were actually in England. Well, actually, there, yeah. Now, there was probably somewhere in Lanarkshire that can, you know, can pretend it's Holland. Um, Are there windmills everywhere? <laughs> there windmills There's windmills everywhere, everywhere exactly. In fact, exactly. In fact I, I could take you just down, down the hill towards Lark Call. There's big, the Dutch, the Dutch royal family are well, well respected down there. Well respected, yeah. <laughs> Quite right. Okay, let me finish before I get shouted at. Um, so, as I said, there are probably going to be um, more podcasts during the week. Um, check JRsNet uh, on Twitter. Uh, Frankie will keep you up to date on that. He'll let you know who's who's on. Uh, it's always good, you know that. Um, some of the particularly some of the European stuff. It's 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 good stuff. Um, just a reminder: if you want to listen to this again, or if you want to tell people about us, obviously we can get us on YouTube. Uh, you can also get us on Acast, iTunes, uh, Castbox, Stitcher, or indeed Spotify, which is always the one I like because I, 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 I'm on, on the same platform as Bruce Springsteen. Um, and uh, there's a sentence I never thought I'd utter. Um, so as well as thanking uh, Robert and Stuart for their time tonight, uh, just a reminder, uh, our thank you to Forest Precision Engineering for their support. Uh, as I said, we could do this without them, so it's very good of them. Um, and lastly, I um, wish you all a very good week. Um, a, a good week in Rangers. Let's hope it's one to remember. Uh, let's hope it's a, a season-defining one uh, uh, for the positive. Thanks very much. Good night.